priorities and where I look. Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity. And quicken thou me in thy way. This no misses. God gave a man the financial ability literally to possess everything this world owned. This man, by the name of Solomon, he had all the women, all the liquor, all the wacky weed you wanted. He had all the possessions. They didn't have Cadillacs and Escalades and Lincolns then, but he had the finest camels. He had chariots. He had servants. He had maids. He had everything you could indulge yourself in. And then in the end, he said, It's all vanity, worthless, empty, empty. He said, I believe the conclusion is this. He said, serve God when you're young and serve him with your life. The rest is just vanity. Well, the psalmist here is saying, where are we looking? Indicates the direction we're headed or what's focusing our attention. I love this. The psalmist knew his weakness. His newest tendency to stray and to wonder. Boy, and isn't it true today? The world is, is always offering something to get our focus and, and something new and, and the latest and the greatest. And, and uh, they're always telling us it never gets no better than this and always seeking to offer more. And uh, I, I, I hate this. You get, you get used to using something. And before long, it, you'll see on it, new and improved. I said, bless God, just leave it alone. It works good. Yeah, it's new and improved and always pushing the envelope. And the psalmist said, I, I realize my, my weakness is always to get to looking for something, for something more. And oh my goodness, many, many, many are chasing these things that the world is saying more and more and more. But they're never satisfied. Oh, how blessed it is. He said, turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity and quicken thou me in thy way. The Bible says there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are ways of death. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Amen, amen, and amen. Psalmist said, Make me to go in the path of thy commandments, for therein do I delight. Psalmist Romans writer said, For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. 
For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. As long as we live on this sin-cursed world, there will constantly be a battle between God and the flesh. And the Spirit of God that lives in you in the flesh, there will constantly be a battle. And he makes a plea for God to help him to look the right way. Jim Elliott was unsure of what to do after his graduation in 1949. He spent the summer praying for guidance from the Lord. On October the 29th, he felt uh, an urge to go to Ecuador. 1950, he accepted from the Wycliffe Bible Translators a study camp in Oklahoma. He wrote, I feel as though the Lord would have me there, whether I go to India or South America. He arrived at the camp, and immediately he learned of the Kaya Indians. They were, at the time, the most savage, savage group of people on the earth. But his heart burned for them because he knew they were lost and undone and needed a Savior. So they began to trying to reach them. Exodus 23, 20 says, Behold, I sent an angel before thee to keep thee in the way to bring thee into a place which I prepared. No doubt Jim Elliot and his friends were ready to jump in with both feet. They believed 100% in what God would have them to do. They came to the Achaia Indians in God's timing. God was leading Jim and the four friends and literally into the pits of hell on earth because that's where they were desperately needed. You know the story. They began dropping things from the plane, and finally, finally, they felt it was right to land and try to meet them. Achaia means naked savages. But little did they know, little did they know, that the Achaia Indians were very disturbed within the group. A man who had received much focus of their anger accused the foreigners of trying to kill them and started killing the people in the villages. So the angry tribe, deceived by the lie, took their spears and machetes and attacked the five missionaries, hacking them to death to the point where most of them were beyond recognition. The entire nation was glued to the radio when they discovered they were missing. Millions were praying and continue to pray for the widows. Elliot said, he is no fool who gives what he can't keep to gain what he cannot lose. What they didn't know, those five missionaries that died on that river's edge launched Something unbelievable. 
These men's wives went moved into the village and literally began to reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Within two years, the homicide rate in that, in that village dropped by 90%. And they began to serve God. God began a miraculous work. And people are still talking about Jim Elliott. A plea for priorities. And what I learned, how I live, where I look, well, there's a plea of priorities and what I love. Incline my, knee, my heart into thy testimonies and not the covetousness. Behold, I have longed after thy precepts, quicken thou me in thy righteousness. The psalmist said, help me to love the right things. The Bible is very clear. No man can serve two masters. No man can serve two masters. You'll love the one and hate the other. It's an impossibility to serve two masters. Why focus our passion? Why do you love? Do you love people? Do you love power? Do you love positions, possessions? Or do you love the Prince of Peace? Incline means to stretch out, to bend me, to mold me. The passion of his heart was for that which was eternal, not for that which is temporal. This morning, if somehow or another I had the power to get us to realize something, the very best we can do, this world is temporal. Somehow or another, we've lost sight of something. God didn't put us here to gather toys. God didn't place us here to build a bank account. God didn't place us here to see if we can keep up with the Joneses. God help you if you try to keep up with the Joneses. What a miserable life. God didn't place us here to, to possess all we could in this world. Do you realize something I've come to realize very quickly? I've, I've preached it. Now I've lived it. Then just one moment of time, God can squeeze one little vessel Somebody had to take you to the car. You can't even speak your name. Do you realize how fragile we truly are? I used to, we got this idea that we're 10 foot tall and bulletproof. Jimmy said, I should never preach that. I should preach I'm five foot tall and bulletproof. But the reality is this. We're so consumed with the temporal that we're selling out the eternal. We're swapping 
the eternal. We're giving away the eternal because we're selling out the temporal. This morning, this morning, I wonder, where's our focus? What are we looking to? What do you love? I've said this 10,000 times, and I'll say it till I die. I've done hundreds of funerals, and yet I've never seen hook up a U-Haul to the back of it, to the hearse. Look around where you're sitting. You're not taking a car. You're not taking a truck. You're not taking a boat. You're not taking a motorcycle. You're not taking your money. Look around. The only thing you take to heaven with you is a family that's sitting there with you. And you can take your family. And y'all to make every effort to take your family to heaven with you. Psalms 119-165, great peace. How they which love thy law, and I love this, and nothing shall offend them. Wow. Wow. Great love, great peace, how they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. My, what a statement. There's a plea for the priority of what I'll learn, what I'll, what I, what I'll live for, what I'll, where I'll look, and then what i love. And then last of all, a priority in what I'm loyal to. There's something that's happened. It began happening in the late 80s and the 90s, and Lord, it's full-blown now. Years ago, you could work in, go to work into a factory and, and um, if you worked hard and, uh, and you, you did what you're supposed to, you could work there 25, 30 years, 40 years. And there was a loyalty, a loyalty to the, to the company, to, to you. And there was a loyalty to the person, to the company. How many remembers those days? Amen. Then something happened. This economy tanked and... This tanked and that tanked and all of a sudden loyalty was thrown out the window. I mean, realize this. That company you work for, if they're so minded, you could be out of a job in a day. Because of the years. I always think of this. and When I chose and when I, uh, God put it in my heart to be full-time in the ministry... And I'd worked for a company for years and was in place of management. And, and bottom line, uh, my department added a million dollars to the profit. And, and it, it, almost every year, yet when I told them I'm going full-time in the ministry, 15 minutes later, there's a dude standing there saying, can I have your desk? I'm going to take your place. 15 minutes, they replaced me. See, I realized very quickly there's no loyalty. What's happened now is that it came into the church and we began to place that to everything. We don't, I mean, we'll swap wives and husbands uh, like changing shirts. Amen? There's no loyalty to, to love 
for our lifetime. There's no loyalty. My, we're, we're throwing away our children. It's amazing. It, it's scary what we do. No loyalty. Oh, my, he makes a plea. Establish thy word in thy servant who is devoted to thy fear. Word established means to, to point out, to send out of the hand, to teach or to indicate. It means, to, it means, God, I'm asking you to direct my life. Help me to be devoted and loyal to God. At the end of the day, that's all that matters. So how do we do that? I'm going to give you these quickly. I'm not going to, to reiterate much on the, I'm not going to expound on either one of them very much. But I'm going to give you seven ways that you can keep your priorities right. Seven ways that you can keep your priorities right. Number one, planning. And Daniel purposed in his heart that he will not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat. Planning. Planning. You didn't come to wake up this morning and say, well, okay, let's go out of bed, let's go. No, no, most people woke up this morning with a plan to come to the house of God. Have you made a plan to come back tonight? Will you make a plan to go to work? We make a plan to go on vacation. We make a plan to do what we want to do. So we have to plan to keep our priorities right. You got to plan it. Number two, prayer. Prayer helps me to keep my focus right. Praying helps me to keep my focus right. Number three, a proper perspective of the Lord and who he is. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Number four, a promptness and completing the task, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Hear me and don't miss this. Everybody look at me. For just a moment. You will never, never, impossibility, live this day over. And what you use this day for will forever go down. It's time, and you'll never live it again. And what you, the Bible says, redeeming the time. I remember years ago when an older gentleman, he loved the Lord. I believe he truly loved the Lord. Boy, he said, preacher, when I, when I retire, I, I'm going to go witnessing, I'm going I'm to pray, and I'm going to serve God. But there ain't one problem. Whenever he could serve God, he never. And so when he retired, his physical health was so bad, he wasn't able to do anything for God. We're always saying, when, when, I, when I 
get this done and that done. And when I do this, I, I'm going to serve God. No, you serve God today. Because it's the only day you have to serve God. Redeeming the time. Number five, persistence. Persistence. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God through Christ Jesus. I love this. And perhaps some of you feel that way. Perhaps you feel because I've had people tell me, well, Pastor, I, I guess you wake up every day just, just excited about serving God. I say, are you kidding? Some days I wake up and say, Lord, I say, right leg, it's time to move. And the right leg tells the left leg, I moved yesterday, you move now. Some days, not, if, if it went by feeling, some days, it's a challenge for all of us. But oh, Paul said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling Christ Jesus. Number six, a pleasure and peace with God's provision and place for you. You want real contentment? You want real satisfaction? You be in a place that God desires for you to be. Nothing like it. Nothing like it. There is nothing like knowing where God wants you to be and being in that place. Nothing. And then seven, there's a passion that must be kept in check. Be careful what you love. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. God, don't pull any punches. Don't pull any punches. Dr. Pierce Harris, a former pastor of the First Methodist Church of Atlanta, Georgia, preached to some prisoners. One of the prisoners got up and introduced himself to those with these words. Several years ago, two boys lived in a town in North Georgia. They went to the same school, played together, attended the same Sunday school. One dropped out of Sunday school and said that it was sissy stuff. The other boy kept on going. One boy rejected Christ. The other accepted him. The boy who rejected Jesus is making this introduction today. The boy who accepted Christ is the honored preacher who will be speaking to us today. Right priorities and choices make a difference in the lives of these two men and will make a difference in your life. And the greatest choice of all, the greatest choice of all, as an 11-year-old boy at Alcorn's Grove Baptist Church, one Sunday morning, the preacher preached on the prodigal son. I said, Amen! Keep on preaching! Because that wasn't me. He talked about how the prodigal and wasted done everything he could. And I said, Amen! That's good! Because that wasn't me. But then... 
He done something that I didn't expect. He said, oh, by the way, he said the boy that stayed home did everything his dad wanted him to do was as lost and hell-bound as the prodigal. I said, oh, my, oh, my, that's me. And that Sunday morning, when the altar call was given, I made my way to an old-fashioned altar, and I trusted Jesus as my Savior. That is the greatest choice that I ever made. The second greatest choice that I ever made was serving and choosing to serve Him, choosing, having the right priorities. After hearing me preach, you'll, you'll agree with this. There's nothing. You're looking at a preacher. There's nothing special. God, I believe, gives every man one talent. I ain't sure what mine is, but he gives one man, every man one talent. But there's one thing. Some, and people say, well, preacher, why does God let you pastor? And I say, duh, I don't know. But I do know. I do know. Because God has never asked anything of me that I would not give him. It's simply having a plea to having the right priorities. So I go back to the original question. What's important to you? What's important to you? What's really your passion? What's really your love? What's really important to you? Is it the things of the world? Or is it a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? And you get that relationship right, then I'll tell you, you'll love that thing in the world a lot better. So I was standing to her feet, every head bowed, never eye closed. If God has spoken to your heart in any way, I want you to simply and quickly obey Him. If you're lost, why don't you come? God save you. Recognize that you're lost. You save cross. And follow me. I heard my Savior say, Watch I believe my life to ransom thee. Oh, surrender to love God. your own. To serve God. Right place, There's nothing more satisfying, nothing more joyful than that. I hear this morning, once you come, you're lost, never head bowed, never eye closed, just for one moment. If you died right now, do you know that you go to heaven? If you don't know that, would you step your hand up and say, Preacher, remember me. I'll not come to you. Now, I want to embarrass you. I promise I won't, but I promise you. I will pray for you.
Would you give me the privilege my to pray heart, to you? I slip it up your hand. Say, remember me. Is there one? Is there one? To Christ who loves me so. Let me ask 